0: Nah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I told Bill on my way up he's fired. <laughs> he knows I don't like that. Anyway, how's everybody doing? Good. No, how about this? How is everybody doing? right? Uh, Well, listen, it's so, so, so good to have you here. Uh, It's always a good day when you're in church, and we are so glad you're here with us. And I'm excited today. I'm excited for three reasons. Uh, Three reasons I'm excited. Number one, uh, I'm excited because today is the first Sunday of NFL football. Come on. Anyone else excited for some C, Huh? C, Yeah? I'm excited. And you know what? Listen, listen, listen. It is actually a pretty exciting time to be alive if you're a Seattle sports fan. It's pretty cool. I mean, the Mariners are making a run for the division. The Seahawks are picked by many to make the playoffs. The Huskies are ranked top 10 in the country. I don't think all this has ever happened before. So so we'll take it. Um, You Cougar fans, you... (laughs) Washington State Cougar. it's tough right now to be a Washington State Cougar, but here's the good news, you are the best team in the pack 2 <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to, I had to. Actually the Cougars, though, beat, beat Wisconsin yeah. yesterday, looked pretty good, so any consolation you have that. But listen, we, we, we are so excited that you're here today, it's going to be a good Sunday, NFL's kicking off. Any of you play fantasy football? Mm-hmm. Fantasy football, listen, if you play fantasy football, please adjust your roster, There's always one team in every league that doesn't adjust their roster, okay? You still have Steve Largent starting at receiver. He's been retired for 25 years. Adjust your roster. But listen, listen, we're excited for football season, excited for that, number one. Number two, number two, we're excited. As Bill said, it is Kids Sunday. It is Kids Sunday, and we are excited about that. Uh, Following the service, I think we have some activities for the kids. We got like a bounce house. Um, I actually have no idea what we have, but it's going to be, it's going to be really, really good. It's going to be incredible, whatever we have. And so stick around, hang out. As Bill also mentioned, it's group Sunday, so you can sign up for a group. We have all kinds of groups that you can jump into. I think there's 28 different groups or teams you can jump into, and we'd love to have you uh, check out that. And then last but not least, I'm excited because today we're launching a new series called Follow Me. Someone say, follow me. Follow me. And listen, every single one of us in here will follow something. Every single one of us in here will follow somebody. In fact, the catchphrase for social media today is follow me, right? We all follow something, we all follow somebody. We follow athletes, we follow celebrities, we follow musicians, we follow food, (laughs) I follow food. (laughs) We follow destinations, we follow vacations, we follow the Seahawks. Some of you follow the 49ers, nobody's perfect. (laughs) I'm just teasing, we love you 49er fans. Uh, We're a church for all fans, okay? But listen, we all follow something. But for the next couple months, what we are going to do is we're going to study what it means to follow Jesus. Yeah. We're going to take the next couple months, we're going to dive into scripture, and we are going to study what Jesus means when he says these two powerful words, follow me. Follow me. And so are you ready? Yeah. Let's do this. Okay. To kick this thing off, I want to look at Matthew chapter 16, uh, Matthew 16, Matthew 16, And this is not just the text for this message, but one of the foundational texts for this series. Uh, Matthew 16, this is what it says. Verse 24, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever, someone say whoever. whoever, the gospel is for whoever. Come on, Jesus came for all, lived for all, died for all, was raised for all. The gospel is for all, salvation is for all, that's why we're a church for all. Come on, the gospel is for whoever. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Verse 24 again, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever, wants to be my disciple, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Uh, If you would, stand up with me. We will pray, and I want to share with you a message today called Follow Me, pretty original. I know, it's the name of our series. Uh, Follow Me. Uh, Let's take a moment, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for our time together. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would meet us here in this place today. We realize it's not good preaching. It's not fancy words that changes our life. It's the Spirit of God. So Holy Spirit, come today and meet us. Uh, I pray, God, for the next couple months, you would show us what it means to follow you, what it means to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow you. You would show us what it means to be a follower of Jesus living in the 21st century. And we do pray today that our Seahawks beat the Rams. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen. You can sit down, but turn to somebody and say, the Seahawks got this. We got this. The Old Testament says they used to sacrifice rams. I'm just saying, go Hawks. We got this, we got this, okay, let's go. Well, listen, Uh, listen, Uh, this next year, this next year, Kim and I, we will celebrate 25 years of marriage. 25 years. Thank you. Another way to put it is a quarter of a century. (laughs) And that makes me feel a little old. All right. Just saying that. And we have no idea how we can be celebrating 25 years of marriage because we're only 35 years old. Uh, So I don't know how that math works. But Anyway, uh, I can still remember, though, a couple decades ago, our honeymoon, because Kim and I went to Maui. And just saying Maui, come on, our hearts and prayers go out to Maui. We pray for those who've lost friends, those who've lost family, those who've lost homes, those who've lost businesses, those who've lost so much. We continue to pray, and our thoughts, prayers, and support go out to our friends in Maui. But Kim and I, we felt so blessed to be able to go to Maui. Maui's beautiful. Uh, Hawaii, in my opinion, is heavenly. Uh, it's remarkable. And we just felt so blessed to go. And we stayed in Kona, if you know that area, uh, right next to Black Rock. And Black Rock is said to have some of the best snorkeling in Maui. Now, Kim and I, we had never snorkeled in the open ocean before. So we thought, let's go for it. How hard can it be? So so I got my snorkel set on. I had my flippers walking like a penguin, you know, you kind of feel weird when you have those on, on, on land. I had my goggles, my snorkel set, we were ready to go, but I noticed Kim, she seemed a little bit nervous. And, uh, and so, uh, she had never snorkeled in the open ocean before. I hadn't either. And I could tell she was nervous. And I thought this is my opportunity to flex a little bit, Right. This is my opportunity to be the man. I mean, we've been married three days. This was my opportunity to flex and be like, Kim, I got you, girl. You know, (laughs) I got you. And so I said to Kim, I said something to the extent of just follow me. Just follow me and we'll be good. Just follow me, we'll be fine. So we got into the ocean. And that particular day, uh, the waves were crashing. Uh, There was a surf warning because the undertow was... Uh, quite extreme, and we had no idea what we were doing. In fact, the snorkel, I kept having wave after wave come over my snorkel, and I drank more salt water than is recommended. I, I don't recommend to do that. Uh, our, our goggles kept getting fogged up because we didn't know, we were newbies. We didn't know the trick that you're supposed to spit into the goggles, and that kind of defogs them. We didn't know that. But, <laughs> but to, make ma- <laughs> to make matters worse, I discovered that day that my wife has an alignment problem when it comes to swimming. Some of you are like, alignment problem? Yeah, an alignment problem. You know how cars can have alignment problems that they'll go right or they'll go left? I discovered that day that Kim has an alignment problem with swimming, because for whatever reason, at least that day, this is how she would swim. She had this little right arm paddle followed up by this big Michael Phelps Left arm paddle, this little itty bitty baby, right arm paddle, followed up by this larger than life Olympic size left arm paddle, and so it looked like this. And if you if you swim like that long enough, you eventually go the wrong way. So here we are swimming towards Black Rock, but my wife starts swimming out into open ocean. Just where nobody else is and so I pop my head out of water and I'm looking around like where's my bride (laughs) where is Kim she was just right here and I'm looking around and I see like 40 yards away from me Kim is just swimming in the middle of nowhere just like swimming out into the ocean and so I'm like this isn't good so I start swimming towards her as fast as I can to try and catch up to her well, I did catch up to her, but I kind of bumped into her. And whenever anything bumps into you <laughs> in open ocean, it's a little unnerving, okay? So she kind of freaks out, and then she realizes it's me. And I'm looking at Kim. <laughs> she, she has her goggles fogged up. You know, her hair's kind of everywhere. We're swimming. And she looks around, and this is what she says. She's like, how did we get here? And I'm like, we, (laughs) I'm like, we didn't get here. You got here. I'm here to save you. Don't you see what's happening? I'm here to save you. Well, I then explained to Kim in so many words that you swim weird. I I said, you swim weird. I don't know what it is, but you have this little right arm paddle, this big left arm paddle. And now that you have my last name, you can't keep swimming like this. I said, "We, we definitely need to fix this, okay? And so, so the, good news, the good news is Kim kind of fixed her technique. Uh, we swam to Black Rock. Uh, we had a great day snorkeling, and I got a good story to tell from it. But I share this story for a reason. I do share it. I share this story because I think this story illustrates just a little bit what it's like for us following Jesus sometimes. I think this story illustrates what it's like sometimes following Jesus, because sometimes following Jesus can seem very simple. And in many ways, it is. In many ways, you could make the case following Jesus is simple. But it's when you get out into the elements, right? It's when the waves of life start crashing over you, It's when the surf of life starts taking you under that you discover real quick that following Jesus, having faith can also be a bit of a challenge. It's when we're following Jesus that we discover that we too have alignment problems, don't we? We discover that we have some things we need to fix. We have some things we need to work out if we're gonna follow Jesus to where Jesus is trying to lead us. Listen, following Jesus takes faith. Following Jesus takes trust. Following Jesus takes humility. Jesus never once said that life would always be easy. He simply said he would always be there, that he would lead us. Jesus never once said troubles wouldn't come. In fact, he said the opposite one time. He said in this world, you will have trouble. But what he promised us is that he would never leave that he would always be there for us. And listen, no matter what season of life you find yourself in today, whether following Jesus today seems simple to you or whether you're facing trials and tests and tribulations and following Jesus is taking faith, in every season of life, Jesus calls us to follow him. And no matter what you do for a job, no matter what you do for a living, no matter what you do, the greatest calling on your life, the greatest calling on my life, the greatest calling on our life is to follow Jesus. That's our greatest calling, to follow Jesus. I think sometimes the greatest hindrance to being a follower of Jesus is thinking we can be a fan of Jesus. I think maybe the greatest hindrance to being a follower of Jesus is thinking, you know, I'm just going to be a fan of Jesus. But Jesus never called us to be a fan. He called us to be a follower. Someone say follower. follower. Uh, I have a picture that should come up here. Uh, this is a picture of me and my daughters. I feel like one of them's missing. Oh yeah, Stella. She's the middle. So sometimes we forget about her. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I love you, Stella. Stella had to work that day. But, but this, this is last year. So here's the backstory. Laney had been asking me for years if we could go to a Seahawks game. I found some affordable seats, Kim and I gave them to her for Christmas, we went to the Seahawks game, but I want to make something clear, we are Seahawks fans, not followers, we are fans, let me explain this, Uh, I even checked the weather to make sure the weather was good, (laughs) okay, I'm a bit of a fair weather fan, I remember looking like, yeah, that'd be a good game to go to, you can see it's clear, Uh, it's a nice day, I think we missed some of the game because we went out to eat food. I told you earlier, I love food. And so we paid $100 for a hot dog. <laughs> and so, so we had some food. I think we even left the game early that day to escape some of the traffic. You know that little trick, you leave three, four minutes early just to escape the traffic. We are clearly Seahawk fans. Now I have another picture another picture here. Uh, these guys... These guys, well, first of all, they're crazy, (laughs) but these guys are Seahawk followers, all right? I mean, frankly, they petrify me. The one on the left, I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure if he's part of the Avengers, but these are clearly Seahawk followers. I promise you, these guys are not missing a game if it's raining, they're at the game rain or shine. They're at the game snow or sun. These are Seahawk followers. We are Seahawk fans. They are Seahawk followers. And I share this today because Jesus has not called us to be a fan. He's called us to be a follower. Are you catching this? Some things are taught, other things are caught. Are you catching what I'm saying? He hasn't called us to be a casual fan who just attends church on Sunday to check a box. He's called us to be a committed follower come Monday, ready to take on Jesus' mission for that day, ready to do whatever Jesus calls us to do that day. He doesn't call us to be a casual fan. He calls us to be a committed follower. And what I love, love, love about Jesus is he isn't even real shy about this. He's not shy. In fact, in our text, Jesus uses some pretty intentional language, doesn't he? I mean, he uses some, uh, I mean, he doesn't pull punches. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't water it down. Jesus is pretty clear on this. He says, if any of you want to follow me, you can, but you need to deny yourself, lay down your, take up your cross and follow me. And only really Jesus could ask us of this. Isn't that true? I mean, that's not exactly recruiter language. Anyone in here, a recruiter for work, that's what you do. If that's you, I promise you, your script is probably different than Jesus' script right here. You know, This isn't recruiter language. This isn't like salesy verbiage. Jesus is just telling it straight. Could you imagine being in a job interview and you're like, um, what are you looking for in the candidate? And they're like, you know, just someone who would deny themselves. He'd be like, what do you mean? You know, just someone who would deny their will for the will of this company. <laughs> uh, okay. What else are you looking for? Um, just someone who would take up their cross. <laughs> what? Yeah. You'll see it in the job description. We need you to take up your cross here. You're like, what does that mean? Just someone willing to die for the company. <laughs> you know, Most of us in here would run from that job, right? We'd be like, I hope you find the candidate. It's not me. (laughs) All right. It's not recruiter language. It's not exactly salesy. Only Jesus could ask us of this. But listen, Jesus is God and Jesus gave all for us. So he simply asks us to surrender all to him. God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus came to this earth, he lived a perfect life, he died a gruesome death, but three days later, Jesus rose from the dead and because he did, we can be saved. Come on, because he did, we can have life. Because he did, we can be loved in every sense of the word. And the reason Jesus asked us to surrender all to him is because he gave all. For us. Now, does this mean we have to be perfect? No. That's why Jesus came. We'll never be perfect. Well, does this mean we'll have it all together? Who lied to you? None of us will ever have it all together. Following Jesus simply means we wake up every day and we say yes to Jesus. That's all it means. It means regardless of if you've fallen short, regardless of if you messed up, regardless of if you drop the ball, the next morning you wake up and you say yes to Jesus again. Yes, Jesus, I will follow you today. That's what this whole thing's about. You know, it's interesting. Uh, Jesus calls us to follow him. Someone say follow Jesus. Jesus never used the word Christian. You know that? If you study the gospels, Jesus never used the word Christian. This word we always use it, you know, that we often use to talk about who we are or, you know, a certain religious preference. We use the word Christian. Jesus never used it. Uh, In fact, Jesus used the word disciple. He used the phrase, follow me or, you know take up your cross. But he never said Christian. The word Christian, actually, to share with you a little bit of Bible history, you'll find this interesting. The word Christian is only used a few times in all of the Bible. And this is what's fascinating. The word Christian is not a name that was given to the church by the church. The name Christian is a name given to the church by those outside the church. Did you know that? In fact, if you study this out, it's in Acts. If you study this out, what would happen is as those outside the church saw those in the church, they saw that they looked and lived and loved like Jesus, that they'd be like, hey, hey, that person looks like Christ in. (laughs) That that person looks like Jesus. That, That person looks like Christ is in them. That's how the name Christian came about. And still today, 2,000 years later, our aim, our purpose, our goal is to look and live and love like Jesus so that people can see Jesus in us. We might be the only Jesus somebody sees, we might be the only Bible somebody reads. And our aim is to look and live and love like Jesus. Does this mean we'll be perfect? Not a chance. Does this mean we will have it all together? None of us do. It just simply means each day we wake up and we say yes to Jesus again. Each day we wake up in the morning and we say, yes, Jesus, I will follow you. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Kind of like me with Kim when she gives me a honey-do list. Yes, Kim. Yes, Kim. Yes, Kim. Just saying yes to Jesus. Jesus says, anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, follow me. Let me break these three things down real quick. We'll pray. We'll bounce on some bouncy houses. And then we'll watch the Seahawks win. Deny themselves. Someone say deny themselves. Deny themselves. What did Jesus mean when he said deny themselves? Is he, say, is he saying live in denial? Is he saying bury your head in the sand? Nah, when we bury our head in the sand, we just give the devil a bigger target. Some of you will get that joke later. Anyway, <laughs> Jesus is not saying denial. He's not saying bury your head in the sand. All Jesus is saying, if you study this out, is he's saying we all need to surrender. To deny oneself is to surrender. Surrender what? Surrender our will for God's will for our life. Surrender what? Surrender our way for his way. Anyone else in here like to get their own way? If you're married, you may have just got an elbow in the ribs. <laughs> it's like, he's talking to you, Bruce, you know? <laughs> we all like to get our own way. We all like things to go the way we want them to go. To surrender to Jesus is to surrender our way for his way, to surrender what we want for ultimately what Jesus wants for us. And it's a daily process. Denying yourself is the surrender. Uh, just a quick theology lesson, just theology 101 real quick. When we come to Jesus, our heart is immediately alive. When we give our lives to Jesus, when we come to Jesus, our heart is alive, but our soul can still be a mess. When we come to Jesus, our heart is saved, but our soul can still be a little bit of a disaster. What is our soul? Well, our soul, if you study this out, it's actually a lot to it, but it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so when we come to Jesus, what happens? Our heart is alive, but our mind can still need some help. Am I right? Our will can still need some ministry. (laughs) Our emotions can still need some tending to. See, salvation is immediate, but sanctification is a process. Some of you are like, what is sanctification? Sanctification is just a really big word. That means the process of becoming like Jesus. See, the moment you come to Jesus, your heart's alive. You're saved. But there's a process of us becoming like Jesus each and every day. Salvation is immediate, but sanctification is a process. And it happens daily as we surrender to Jesus. It happens daily as we surrender our will for his will, as we surrender our way for his way, as we surrender what we want for ultimately what he wants and he has in store for our life. And it is a process. It's a process. Uh, I want to read Matthew sixteen twenty four again, our text, but I want to read out of the message. Look what it says. It says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. I like that. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me, what? Lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. To deny ourselves is to surrender to Jesus is to put him in the driver's seat of our life. Now this is a safe place, right? I can trust all of you. (laughs) Some of the worst arguments Kim and I have ever had have taken place in the car while driving. Any of you know what I mean? Anyone else, Kim and I, <laughs> Kim and I are both backseat drivers. Anyone know what a backseat driver is? We both like to give our opinions and you need to turn now and that it's, it's a work in progress. It's sanctification. <laughs> God's still working on us. But I actually, found, I actually found this video on social. It represents Kim and I to a T. I laughed so hard when I saw that. Do we have that? Who you from a car accident? <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. I laughed so hard because I was like, that is my marriage. (laughs) This is us. But but Kim will be like, she'll be like, Matt, slow down. I'm like, Kim, I'm going five under. Any slower, I will get a ticket. You know? She's like, turn left and I'll be like, I will in a mile (laughs) when we get there. But but Kim and I, we both like to be backseat drivers. We both like to give our opinions. So, so we started kind of a rule in our marriage that whoever is driving, drives. That whoever is driving, drives. If she's driving, she drives. If I'm driving, I drive. And it hasn't worked at all. We're still backseat drivers, okay? It, it hasn't worked. But Kim will be driving. I will sit in the front passenger seat and I'll just want to give my opinion. Because I can be a control freak. Any of you, be, any control freaks? Some of you won't even raise your hand. You're such a control freak. You're like, you won't make me, you know. <laughs> but we all, we all have areas we like to control, like having our, you know, we want to control it. But can I tell you, when we follow Jesus, what we're doing is we're putting Jesus in the driver's seat of our life. When we come to Jesus, when we, we're denying ourselves. we're saying, Jesus, you drive the car. But what happens? We have moments in life where we're like, I think I want to take the wheel back, <laughs> right? We have moments where we're like, I don't like the way Jesus is doing this. Because sometimes when Jesus is driving, he'll take us to places we didn't know we'd go. Sometimes when Jesus is driving the car, he'll take turns and we weren't sure we were ready for that turn yet. And we know all things work together for the good. We know that he loves us with a perfect love. We know he has our best interests in mind, but at the time, sometimes it's hard to have faith. You know, how about this one? Sometimes when Jesus is driving, we get frustrated because we think the route he's taking us on is taking way too long. Jesus, I should have the job by now. I should have the promotion by now. I should have my miracle by now. I should have my promise by now. I should be married by now. I should be in a relationship by now. So you know what, Jesus, I let you drive. Now I'm going to drive. And part of following Jesus is to deny ourselves, to surrender to him, to say, I have faith in you. I am going to let you drive this car. I have no idea sometimes where you're taking me. I have no idea sometimes what is happening in the moment, but I know you love me more than anyone else in this world. I know you have a perfect plan for my life, so I will surrender to you and I will let you drive my life. That is what following Jesus looks like. Is it easy? No, it takes faith, it takes trust, and it takes uh, knowing that Jesus loves you and he's looking out for you. So the first thing Jesus says is, if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves. What's the second thing he says? Take up your cross. Take up your cross. The best indicator, the best litmus test for Matt, for me, whether I've been a follower of Jesus or a fan of Jesus is whether I'm taking up my cross. Listen, fans of Jesus, anyone can worship Jesus when life is good. Followers of Jesus, we worship Jesus even when life is bad. Because even when life is bad, God is still good. And we worship him not because of what he's doing for us, but because of who he is. He's God, so we worship him. Fans of Jesus, fans of Jesus love the resurrection, right? As fans of Jesus, we love victory. We love promises. We love miracles. Who wouldn't? But as followers of Jesus, we realize that crosses precede resurrections. That crosses precede empty tombs. And if I am going to follow Jesus, then there's parts of Matt that need to die, (laughs) There's parts of Matt that I need to lay down. As scripture says, I have to decrease so he can increase. And that's what taking up our cross looks like. Uh, Look what Paul writes here in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, Paul says this. He says, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Come on. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the what? The death of Jesus or the cross so that the life of Jesus, the resurrection may also be seen in our bodies. What is Paul saying here? Paul is ultimately saying in a different way what Jesus is saying, take up your cross. He's saying we all have a cross to bear. That this is just part of the journey. This is is just part of the process. Now, understand this, uh, most of us in here, we haven't been persecuted like Paul, okay? Most of the time, we think we're persecuted if Starbucks gets our drink wrong. (laughs) Am I right? You know, we take a sip, we're like, I asked for almond milk. That's clearly oat milk. It must be the last days. You know, Jesus said we would be persecuted. You know, (laughs) most of us in here were not persecuted like Paul was. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was left for dead. Paul was flogged. Paul was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. Paul was martyred. Most of us in here were not persecuted like Paul. But you know, all of us in here have a cross to carry. All of us have a cross to bear. And I propose to you that each and every day we have an opportunity. Will we take up our cross or will we choose the easy path? Will we take up our cross or will we choose the easy path? Listen, it's not easy to forgive somebody who's hurt you. It's not easy to forgive somebody who isn't even sorry for what they did. And yet if we're gonna take up our cross, we realize that we need to forgive others just as Jesus has forgiven us. It's not easy to love people who are difficult to love. Have you ever met people? People could be challenging. I call these people EGRs, extra grace required. How many of you know these people? If not, maybe you are these people. <laughs> we all have people in our life that are difficult to love. But listen, if we are going to take up our cross, it means we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves not just those who are lovable, but those who are difficult for us to love. And you know who that person is because as soon as I said it, it popped in your mind. <laughs> Listen, it's not easy to turn the other cheek and bite your tongue when someone's talking about you and someone's slandering you. But when this happens, we try to remember Jesus on the cross being crucified, mocked and ridiculed, yet scripture says he said not a word, only prayed, Father, forgive them. Ready for this? This is tough. Part of taking up our cross is praying for people who are attacking us. Is it easy? Nope. Does it take faith? A lot. Does it take time? You bet. But part of following Jesus is taking up our cross as obeying the word of God, even when it's a challenge, even when it's hard, knowing that this is just part of following Jesus and walking in his footsteps. And the last part, and keys, you can come up here. The last part, Jesus says, follow me. If any of you want to be my disciple You must take up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. And I love that Jesus says this because um, what he's ultimately saying is say yes to me, follow me. And I think this is vital. This is pertinent for us as followers of Jesus because before we can deny ourselves, before we can take up our cross, the first thing we have to do is say yes to Jesus. We have to say yes to him. So many churches today are known more for what they're against. Let's be a church that's known more for what we're for. That we're for Jesus. We've said yes to Jesus. So many believers today are known more for what they're against. Let's be believers who are known for what we're for. That we're for Jesus. That if Jesus did it, we'll do it. That if Jesus lived it, we're going to try and live it. That if Jesus modeled it, we're going to try and model it. Let's try and be a church. Let's try and be believers. Let's try and be followers who did what Jesus did. That's the aim. That's following Jesus. How many of you remember uh, the WWJD bracelets? I know, I think they're still around, but you remember when they were all the rage? Were you even a believer if you didn't wear one? You know, what I mean, It was all the way back in the late 90s. The 1900s. (laughs) But everyone wore the bracelet, right? WWJD. Whether you wear the bracelet or not is irrelevant. But can I tell you, I think every believer in Jesus needs WWJD tattooed on our heart. That each and every day we wake up and we ask the question, what would Jesus do? Can I challenge you, if we were to go to work tomorrow and our lens, our filter we look through was what would Jesus do? It would change how we go to work. If we were to go home and ask ourselves the question, kind of look through the lens towards our marriages, towards our families, what would Jesus do? It would change our marriages. It would change our family. If we were to look at circumstances in life, difficult people, people that are irrational, situations where we've been treated unfair, where we feel like we should get the last word, where we feel like we should get revenge. If we were to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? It would change us in every sense of the word. And does this mean we'll be perfect? No. Does this mean we have it all together? None of us do. That's why Jesus came. But it would change our life because we would wake up each day not saying yes to me, or my ambition, or what I want. But yes, Jesus, what do you want from me? What do you have for me today? Would you stand up with me? I want to pray and close. I want to pray, first of all, if there's anyone in here who's never said yes to Jesus, to surrender their life to Jesus. He said, whoever, whoever wants to be my disciple." whoever and you're part of whoever and maybe you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life maybe you want to come back to him today but if you want to say yes to Jesus you can do that and as I shared earlier the moment you say yes to Jesus your heart is made alive you can have the confidence that you'll spend eternity with Jesus will it be a process after yeah growth is a process but you can have the assurance today that God forbid Something takes your life. You could have the confidence that you would wake up in the arms of a loving God. None of us know the days on earth. We don't know that, but we can know Jesus and we can have the confidence that we'll spend eternity with him. And just with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, this is your moment with God. If you say, I wanna to come to Jesus or I wanna come back to Jesus, would you just lift your hand up up, and then back down? Thank you. Yes, I see those hands. Yes. See three, four, five. Yeah, a few few hands. Anybody else? I want that assurance. I just want all of us, you can just pray in your own way, but I can lead you to. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender all to you. I lay it all down. You lay down your life for me. Jesus, I lay everything down for you. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of hiding. I know you see me. And for the first time today, I see you. And I surrender everything to you in Jesus' name. The last thing I want to pray, I want to pray one more prayer. I want all of us, I want to try and exercise this week. And I want to know how many people will do this with me. Will you wake up each morning and in your way, however you do it, just say yes to Jesus. Like I want today, I will do Jesus what you would do. Help me to know what you would do. Help me to see what you see. If you'll do that with me just even this week, I think it will impact and shape our life. If you'll do that, would you lift your hand up? Because I want to pray for us. Yes, Lord, we pray as humble servants of you that you would show us what you see, that you would help us walk in your path and you would lead us as we follow you. We pray, God, that we would start seeing life through an entirely different lens, that we would see through the lens Jesus you see, that we're We may see rudeness, you will show us brokenness in people. Where we see somebody who's short with us, you'll show us someone who needs love. I pray you would help us see what you see, that it would impact our lives, and most importantly, that we can make an impact for you on this earth. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus today.